بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على شرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد ما بعدن سيستس when I think about the معجزات the miracles of رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم in my view the biggest the most difficult miracle mujiza was not the shaqul khamar it was not the splitting of the moon or any of those it was the creation of one ummah the creation of one people based on the brotherhood of faith this in my view is the biggest of the miracles of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam because if you look at what he was facing what did he face when he created this he faced something which we have we are also facing today in this world and he faced it he faced aspects of it which were much more difficult than ours for example he faced the people that he was trying to bring together they were people who were multiracial so they were arabs they were non arabs they were black people they were non black people and so on and so forth uh, he faced people who we don't have that but with him was tribal loyalties right to some extent we have in 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 some parts here but not to the extent that they had in those days tribal loyalties absolutely completely blind loyalty to the tribe there is a on a side note there is a beautiful hadith on Nabi sallam where and that was his way of teaching uh, he said to them support your brother whether he is right or not support your brother whether he is the oppressor or the oppressed right now this was a, a proverb in the tribes to say that i will support my brother who is from my tribe it doesn't matter who what he, what he does he right wrong i will support him because he is my tribal brother so rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said the same thing he said support your brother whether he is the oppressed or the oppressor now the sahaba said ya rasulullah we support him if he is the oppressed but if he is the oppressor how can we support him he said support him by stopping his oppression by holding his hand otherwise allah subhanahu wa taala will punish him so that was his beautiful way of teaching but it also shows us the extent of tribal differences and tribal loyalties which drove people apart he faced also the issue of people coming from different different places to madina so there were not people from madina there were people from madina there were the aws and the khadraj and then there were people from makka there were quraish and non quraish and the hawazim and people from taif and so on and so forth now he brought them all together on one basis and what was that basis islam right what was the basis of the previous from the ayyamul jahiliya from the days of ignorance what was the basis of joining together it was tribe primarily right beyond tribe it was ethnicity so my tribe and then it would be so supposing i am quraish so my quraish in quraish banu hashim 
and then extended okay then another one who's an arab so if there is somebody who's not an arab then no 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 far away right at least he should be an arab rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam changed all that he completely changed all that he brought them together on the basis of one which is islam now allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed quran about this where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said inna hadhihi ummatukum ummatan wahida wa ana rabbukum fa'budun and then in another place allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said inna hadhihi ummatukum ummatan wahida wa ana rabbukum fattaqun so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said put himself as the reason for coming together he said this ummah of yours is one ummah because i am your rabb right so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honored us and said that i you are one because i am your rabb because you worship me fa'budun and fattaqun the two foci of the muslim who we worship and who we obey so we worship allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what is taqwa taqwa is to do everything to please allah So worship is worship which is aqeedah and ibadah and taqwa is mu'amalat akhlaq mu'ashara So completely it encompasses our life and the reason for this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is rabbi Allah Allah is our rabb Now this was the miracle now Question is <coughs> we know history what happened and so on and so forth we know what happens today right so this this what i'm talking about now sad to say is history it's not it's not the case anymore now you might say well how can we bring it back right so first and foremost do you, do you want to bring it back do you think this is something worth bringing back what do you think eh huh? definitely right definitely now it needs two things two things forgiveness and maintaining confidentiality which means no riba these are two things forgiveness and maintaining each other's confidentiality which means no ghibah now if you think about this take forgiveness for example there is no relationship in the world including our relationship with allah subhanahu wa taala that can survive without forgiveness what do we ask allah subhanahu wa taala is it allah forgive me allahumma innaka afuwan tuhibbul afu fa afani No matter what I did, I make istighfar. Ya Allah, please forgive me. If Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala says I will not forgive you, then what do we do? Where do we go? Right? Same thing in marriage. Same thing between brothers. Same thing in organizations. Same thing with colleagues. Same thing in the masjid. There is nobody but nobody who does not need forgiveness. So if I believe seriously, if I believe that I need forgiveness, then what must I do? I must forgive somebody else. Right? If somebody does something to me and I don't forgive them, then how can I expect them to forgive me? Won't happen. Will not happen. Now, why don't we forgive? Because we feel very hurt. We feel upset. And there is a reason for it. It's not that you are you are insane. I mean not if you are upset doesn't mean you are crazy, right? There is a reason to be upset. But that is why we forgive. If somebody did not do anything, what is there to forgive? Now, some sometimes people say, "No, no, but you know, he did this. He did it. That is why you are forgiving. If he had done nothing, then what is there to forgive? There is nothing to forgive. 
forgiveness is the willingness to let go the willingness to pardon even though you have the power to punish and seriously think about that there's no there's no forgiveness for the one who is helpless what will you do you don't forgive so what big deal what can you do to me that the king does something to you what will you do to me nothing stuff it i mean you know i don't care you know you, you i i won't forgive you yeah take it stuff it i don't care what do i care don't forgive forgiveness is where you have the power to do something but you say no alhamdulillah for the sake of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala i forgive this is the thing which keeps this is the adhesive this is the super glue that keeps the hearts together forgiving each other we know the hadith of isa sallam where <clears throat> he was sitting in the masjid sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he said a man will come through here and he is from the people of jannah right and one person came and somebody said isa bin muad wallahu alam isa is is abdul ibn abdul ibn amr bin as right so they said it's him and in another place i read somebody says sahib abi waqas not sahib sahib abi waqas wallahu alam is one sahib alhamdulillah next day the same thing happened third day same thing happened so abdullah bin amr ibn al-as is the one who he is the one who was there so he heard this and he decided he was a very very pious man he was the son of of amr ibn al-as and he was very very pious man he was he was a big zahid he used to worship allah subhanahu wa ta'ala very much and you know nawafil and tahajjud and fasting and so on so he said i have i must find out what is it that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam uh designated this man uh and said that he is from the people of jannah so he went to him he said can i be your guest so he said of course please so he stayed with him for 3 days because this is the right of the muslim on the muslim if he comes to you and says can i be your guest you have to keep him for 3 days after that it's up to you ihsan on you if you if you keep him for longer now he stayed for 3 days the 3 days he observed him from morning till night At the end of three days, he said to him, he told him the story. He said, "This is what happened. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said this, and I came to see and learn from you. Is there anything special that you do because of which Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam gave you this bashara?" But he said, "I did not see anything special. You do everything which all of us do. For example, you pray tahajjud. We also pray tahajjud. We read Quran. We read Quran. So on, so on, so on." So why did the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam say this? What is it you are doing which i could not find i couldn't see so this sahabi he said to him there is something that i do every night which you could not have seen he said what is that he said every night before i go to sleep i forgive everybody in my heart i forgive anyone who has done anything wrong to me every night if there's anybody there i forgive them obviously this is in my heart you couldn't have you couldn't have seen it now see that is the power of forgiveness right and the second thing which holds the ummah together is not doing ghiba is not bad talking people behind their back ghiba is like termites you know on the face of it you might say oh fantastic magnificent building suddenly one day one wall collapses so what happened there were termites inside we didn't realize that right it's like cancer it's your own cells inside your body so your body doesn't fight it until one day something collapses then you say what happened oh he's got cancer ghiba is like cancer that is the reason why allah subhanahu wa taala prohibited ghiba so strongly if you see the ayat of surah al-hujurat 
اللہ سبحانہ تعالیٰ پرائیویٹ غیبت سو اسٹرانگلی اللہ گیو این ایگزامپل اللہ سے اٹ از لائک ایٹنگ دا فلیش آف یور ڈیڈ بردر اینڈ اللہ سے فکری تم ہو ایز اللہ سے ڈو یو فیل کراہت ود دس تھنگ ڈو یو فیل ہاؤ ڈسگسٹنگ از دس ایگزامپل از غیبت از ورس دیٹ Somebody came to Mr. Salam and they said that there are these two ladies and they have got this terrible stomach pain and it's not going away and they're trying all kinds of things. Nabi Salam said, call them, he called them, he asked them some questions. Then he said, make them vomit. When they vomited, lumps of flesh came out. Raw meat. He said, this is the ghiba that you were doing. Now this is one of the Mawajidat of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam where Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala converted this into actual physical form where they could see it. Not that they were eating, you know, meat or human meat but it turned into that because the, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said this is like eating the flesh of your dead brother. So if you're sitting and doing ghibah it is literally like you are a cannibal. Now ghibah is bad for the same reason which is that behind somebody's back you are destroying their reputation you are doing something bad to them they don't realize that until there is a problem the biggest problem with ghiba biggest problem with backbiting is it destroys trust in the ummah because people are constantly hearing negative things about each other right everyone this sheikh oh no 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 you don't know about this sheikh you know what he did such and such a place What about that person? Ah, no, 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 something. So for everybody, now today we live in a world where we don't trust anyone. Do you notice that? We do not trust anyone. We don't trust, okay, politicians, you don't trust, one can say, okay, there is a reason, right? Who do you trust? Tell me, we don't trust our scholars. We don't trust doctors. We don't trust scientists. We don't trust teachers. How many children are there who even trust their parents? There is total lack of trust. This, today our society has no trust. We cannot survive like this. This is, this is a crisis situation. And when people reach a stage where they trust nobody, they become very highly manipulatable. That is why every conspiracy theory, immediately people believe it. Anything people say, people will believe it. They are willing to run behind this and run behind that, run behind that. They are manipulatable. They are changeable to do whatever the master puppeteers want them to do and the reason is because trust is gone and the reason trust is gone is because of river because of backbite so two things we want the ummah to come back we have to do the two things forgive each other and learn to trust each other by confidentiality if there is something negative there is something critical you want to say to somebody go in front of his face sit and say my brother this 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 face to face you talk and finish it don't talk behind somebody's back do not talk behind somebody's back many times people ask me especially about other shuyukh what is your opinion about so and so you know my standard answer i tell them i do not even have an opinion about myself i still haven't decided who i am or what i am so how can i tell you about so and so as a wallah this is true I am not even sure because if you say before Allah, how will I tell, what will I say to, I don't know, I, have, I, am, I am not even sure there. You want me to talk about, talk about somebody else? No way. I do not have an opinion about anybody. These two things. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalla to enable us to develop these akhlaq and to do our best to recreate the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
This was the greatest strength of our people. And it is in our hands to get it back, inshallah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us among those who will work to make it happen.